It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everybody. We got a great one for you here today on this Wednesday, August 5th, 2020. Uh, good to be back with you guys. Got a good show for you today. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Rashad Bateman opting out of the upcoming football season, talk a little Gophers football. Uh, we'll also talk college football at large with obviously the, the atopic story in college football today uh, being UConn football opting out for the entire uh, I guess 2020, 2021 season, whenever whenever they play football. I mean, I guess we don't really know. Um, we'll also talk about uh, the Minnesota Wild. They had a game last night versus the Vancouver Canucks, game two of the uh, qualifying series. Uh, and, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of these NFL players opting out uh, and, and, and kind of what that means and, and maybe my expectations for the upcoming uh, football season. And then if we have time, we'll talk about uh, the breakout fighters from the first half of 2020. Uh, so it's, it's a good show, a bit of a grab bag. Uh, got a lot of different stuff to, uh, to get to today. So uh, we will waste no time. Uh, we'll get right into it. So obviously here in the, uh, the great North Star State, uh, very, very big news. Kind of, I mean, unfortunate news. I mean, you got to respect the, the kid's decision, but... Uh, you know, I'm talking about uh, Rashad Bateman opting out of the uh, upcoming football season. Uh, I believe this was initially reported by uh, ESPN. It, it was announced that um, he will skip the football season and he will prepare solely for the uh, 2021 NFL draft. And just really, I got to use the word unfortunate after the season the Gophers had. Uh, I'd like to preface the conversation with saying, you know, this is definitely his right to, to opt out, so I don't fault him. Perhaps it was the right move to to make. Uh, to make. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe this is a maybe this is a bad move. I mean, he had a great last season, but this you know this might hurt his stock because he didn't play, and potentially other wide receivers will play. So, you know, I certainly think of Rashad Bateman as a fir- as a first round pick. I think of him as the second wide receiver. Uh, obviously, very preliminary because you know we still have gosh eight months before the 2021 NFL draft but I think Jamar Chase is the number one wide receiver but Rashad Bateman is a a really close number two um so I mean potentially a guy a top 10 top 15 pick you know what I mean Uh, he's a really really good wide receiver I mean for all the Gophers fans uh, who, who during the last draft cycle were glowing about Tyler Johnson. I mean, Rashad Bateman is better than Tyler Johnson, and it's not even close. You know, and he has there's there's no real question like there was with Tyler Johnson about whether or not he'll translate to the next level. Um, you know what I mean? I, I know Tyler Johnson got knocked for his uh, his separation, his separation speed. I uh, dropped some passes. Um, I think Tyler Johnson will translate well to the NFL. Um, Probably not as a superstar wide receiver, you know what I mean? But I think he'll have a nice NFL career, but I think Rashad Bateman will have more than a nice NFL career. 
Um, he's the second prospect to opt out of the upcoming season. Uh, Virginia Tech's cornerback Caleb Farley was the first to announce. As I get a sip of coffee there. Um, man, this this really stinks. You know, the Gophers football has been garbage for the last 60 years. And, well, last 50 years. I don't know when they won their last Rose Bowl. It's been more than 50 years since they've won a Rose Bowl. Uh, this is one of the most successful franchises, uh, or, uh, well, programs in all of college football. I mean, that's, that's the crazy part is, uh, you, you look at the Gophers, I think they have seven national championships. I think Alabama in the last couple of years just passed them, but for the longest time, Minnesota had more natty natties than, uh, you know, Alabama, they had more, they have more natties than, than a, a lot of programs. Now, I mean, in fairness, I think like Yale has like is like top five or something, you know what I mean? So, but but you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, in the history of college football, you know, they they are one of the most successful, certainly the top ten successful program in college football history. They've just been dog shit for the last fifty years, um, and you know, they go eleven and two last year. They play a New Year's Six bowl game. They beat Auburn, pretty. I mean, it was a close game, but I'd say pretty convincingly they beat Auburn. Um, you know, and, and you look at the expectations for this 2020 season. I don't know. You know, I went over the schedule with Drew Peterson, and I couldn't really find an L on the schedule, to be honest. Now, I think they will take an L, uh, or, or they would have, you know, before this whole coronavirus th- happened. But, you know, because it's just so hard to go undefeated. But looking at each game individually, it's like, well, yeah, the Gophers will fare well against all of them. Um Probably, probably a good time for me to pull up the schedule because I believe the schedule was announced uh, this morning. So uh, I guess we can kind of roll into that in just a general uh, Gophers football discussion. But, uh, you know, it's it's always going to be tough because you have Ohio State, you know, still in the Big Ten. But fuck me. Like, the I, even right now, I think the Gophers will still play in the Big Ten championship game. I think they'll get blown out by Ohio State. But... The beauty of that is, and this was the beauty of it last year, uh, which which really sucked when they kind of fell off towards the end of the year. If they would have, instead of having those two losses at the end of the year, if they just would have had one loss, um, what is it? They go to the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, they get blown out by Ohio State, but the loser of the Big Ten Championship game gets to play for a Rose Bowl. You know what I mean? And I think the Gophers, w- I think the Gophers will smoke any team in the Pac-12. I don't even care, like. Any team, Utah, USC, doesn't matter. I think Oregon doesn't matter. I think I think the Gophers would fucking smoke any Pac-12 team last year, and it wouldn't it wouldn't even be close. Um, so I I know the Rose Bowl is a little cheapened because we're not in the uh, what do they call it the BCS back when it was just the, the national championship game. You know the Rose Bowl meant a lot a lot more because you know sometimes the Big Ten champion didn't even get to go to play in a national championship game. So it really was the best play or the best team in the Big Ten playing in the Rose Bowl. Now it's kind of like, well, a Pac-12 team sometimes makes the championship game. So the second best Pac-12 team versus, I think the big the best Big Ten teams always gone. The Big Ten champions always gone to the college football playoffs in like the six years they've done it. So, you know, it's always the number two Big Ten team versus the number one or number two Pac-12 team. So I understand the Rose Bowl is a little cheapened, but you know. Fuck, the Gophers have not won a Rose Bowl, you know, since, I mean, Jesus, like, 
my grandpa was probably like seven when they when they last won a Rose Bowl. So uh, I still have high expectations for them. Um, they, they're still going to have a good roster, but Rashad Bateman is probably the best player on the team. Uh, Tanner Morgan's really good. I do think Tanner Morgan will be a first-round pick. Uh, now, Bateman opting out, I, I, you know, I think this was Bateman's last year anyway because I think he's a surefire NFL prospect. Um, but, I mean, this could be Morgan's last year. And, we'll, and again, kind of the, the sword of Damocles hanging over the head of, of Gophers football is we might not even have a football season. You know what I mean? We're trying to make adjustments right now so that we can have a 10-game schedule or whatever the hell we're trying to do. Um, but I'm a little pessimistic about whether or not we'll have uh, a season this year. I don't don't really think it's going to happen. Uh, I mean, you look at... Um, I saw it. I saw it briefly. I read it a little bit, but I saw the headlines, and I I don't want to talk out of turn. But you look at what Colorado State's doing. Really looks like Colorado State's suppressing, uh, you know, players who get sick and trying to hide stuff like this. And number one, it's college students and a football team so large. I mean, what you got ninety kids on roster or something? You know, how many coaching staff do you have? <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like thirty, forty. So I mean, you're talking about like essential people and then you talk about like you need groundskeepers and stuff like this so are we talking about i'm just spitballing numbers here but are we talking about like 200 people who are essential to a college football a given college football program uh succeeding at a bare minimum you know just keeping up with operations and and, and things like this so um you know how the fuck are red shirts gonna work this year you know what i mean if half your team gets sick and we gotta pull a uh you know some fucking red shirt guy does he get an extra year? Because there's not really going to be red shirts this year. You know what I mean? Like everybody's pretty much going to play. You know what I mean? People are going to test positive. So um, that's that's interesting. Uh, just really shitty because this this might be the best year of Gophers football they they could have had, maybe even all time. I mean, it's not crazy to think that the Gophers could have made the college at a, at a, at a certain time in last year's schedule. It was not crazy. I'm not saying it was probable, but it was not crazy to think the Gophers could get to the college football playoffs. It was not crazy to think that. You know what I mean? Obviously, didn't clearly didn't turn out that way. But you know, there was a there was a time and place, probably right after that that Penn State win, where you like, well, we're ranked like number 11 or something, and we're undefeated. You know what I mean? We still have some tall tasks ahead of us, and obviously they failed at at a couple of them. But you know, if we run the gamut here, yeah, I mean, it's a college football playoff team. Uh, I still think they would have gotten murdered, but, you know, at least you make it to that point. And they're killing recruiting uh, nowadays. So, you know, I, they have like four or five four-stars coming in. It's only it's only a matter of time before Gophers football gets a five-star prospect. You know, but you look at, um, what was it? What was the, what was the guy's name? Heyo Carpenter. I don't think he ever did anything for the Gophers, but he was like the highest prospect we, we'd had for a long time. I think... Brewster's son was a four-star prospect, and he never did anything. Uh, Marquise Gray was, like, one of the highest prospects we ever had, and he was just kind of whatever. And then we got Jeff Jones, and he was the highest we ever got, and I don't even think he played a fucking game for us. I think he might have gone to prison, to be honest. Uh, I can't find anything on Jeff Jones. I tried to look him up. It looked like he transferred to, like, uh, Iowa Community College or something, but... uh, yeah, don't really know what happened to that guy. He was supposed to be the savior of uh, Gophers football. You know, but then you get uh, Carter Coughlin, solid four-star. You know, he got drafted. Um, 
you know what I mean? So now you're starting to get these guys, you know, maybe Jay, you know, the Jay Sean Cornells of the world won't leave the state of Minnesota, you know, uh, uh, given the state of, of Gophers football these days. Uh, but again, this fucking really throws a wrench in Gophers football season. So, uh, they're still going to have solid receivers, but it sucks because essentially you're losing your top two, you know, elite big 10 wide receivers in Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. So, it's going to be a bit of an adjustment, I can tell you that much. But the schedule, I believe, was announced uh, this morning or, or yesterday morning. Uh, it goes as followed. At Michigan State versus Michigan versus Iowa, at Wisconsin, at Nebraska versus Indiana versus Purdue, at Illinois versus Northwestern, at Maryland. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm That's a pretty amicable schedule in my mind I don't have any any problems with with that uh it it's going to be interesting because I think college football might have an adjustment period for like the weeks one and three so that I mean it's a all big 10 conference schedule so there's no non-conferences to uh you know kind of get the the ball rolling you have to go out and perform week one against the a tough Michigan State team that now I'm not trying to make Michigan State sound like they're fucking killers here but you know they're no slouches you know, and you have that on the road. I mean, that's going to be tough. Like, that. that's going to be week one. Who knows how much you're going to be able to practice, you know, if people get sick and, and things like this. So it's very important with how the schedule lines up that the Gophers come out of the gate rolling because their first four games are their hardest four games. Michigan State, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin. Toughest four games of the year right out of the bat. So if they can get past that undefeated or even, you know, three and one, Ah, we're probably looking at a pretty solid season. You don't have Ohio State on the schedule. You're going to have to face them in the Big Ten Championship game if you get that far. So, you know, if your season goes well, you will face them. But that's a really nice end of the schedule. I don't know how I, how I feel about that. I kind of wish the harder part came at the end. So I kind of wish the schedules were reversed. But it goes both ways. It's still going to be an adjustment period for Michigan State and Michigan and Iowa. So, you know, they're dealing with the same stuff that the Gophers are dealing with. But, you know, that's tough. But you get a, a rebound game at Nebraska. You'll murder them like you did. Did they play them last year or was it the year before? Either way, the last time you played Nebraska, you killed them. I think it was last year. What was it, like 38-7 or something? Indiana's a terrible team. Purdue, not very good. Illinois, not very good. Is Lovey Smith still the coach of Illinois? I don't, I don't even know, but Illinois is irrelevant. Northwestern, that's a tough, you know, that's a tough game, but not a top four tough game of the season. And at Maryland, you'll kill them. You killed them last year. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a very, very nice schedule. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to pull up the roster here because I wanted to get a look, uh, cause I'm kind of blanking on the wide receivers that they will be returning. So, uh, what is it? They'll be returning, uh, Chris Ottman Bell. I don't believe he graduated. So I think he'll still be uh, a part of the team. But, you know, either way, it's it's still going to be a good t- team. I think Tanner Morgan is, is again, like I said, I think he'll be a first-round pick. I think he's a legitimately really talented player. Yep, you'll be returning Chris Ottman Bell. Uh, you know, defensively, it'll defensively it'll be a little, a little interesting because, um, you know, you lose Carter Coughlin, you lose... Uh, who was it? Oh, Chris Williamson. You lose Chris Williamson. Um, you know, so so you lost you lost some pieces. Uh, that that's that's gonna be tough. But 
uh, Seth Green's coming back. He's going to be pretty, pretty fucking important because, I mean, he's listed as a wide receiver, but I mean, he's more of a running back, but he's a gadget quarterback as well. Just kind of an offensive weapon. You know what I mean? So we'll, we'll, we'll see, uh, how they can incorporate Seth Green. Cause they, you know, they have like three or four or five designed plays to Seth Green every single game. Uh, Woodbury, Minnesota's own, except not really. Uh, but he was, he was the hot shit when I was in high school. Cause I went to the, I went to their rival high school, Park High School. And, uh, yeah, he fucking murdered our teams. Uh, he was, he was, he was very good. Very good. I think he was supposed to go to Baylor and then some weird shit happened, but, uh, don't want to speak out of turn. Um, you know, but honestly, I mean, yeah, you lost a lot of people, but Ibrahim's still coming back. St. Juice is still coming back. I don't think he's the, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread, but, you know, he's a returning starter. Um, so, you know, I don't know. The offensive line's still going to be, uh, you know, intact. You're still going to have Dunlap and uh, Fileli, uh, you know, and, and guys like this. So, uh, I want to see if I can quickly pull up uh, Gophers recruiting uh, because they've been fucking killing it. I think, I think they're still, like, top 15 a top 15 recruiting class for 2021. Um, so that's impressive. You know, the Gophers for the longest time, they're not very good at recruiting, but they're very good. And, and this goes past PJ Fleck. It was true with Jerry Kill. They don't get big name guys, but they're very good at turning three-star players into NFL players. You know what I mean? Like Rashid Hagman was a three-star. He was a tight end and they actually converted him to a defensive tackle. Uh, Max Williams probably, I think, was like a three-star. I don't think he was four-star. And they turned him to a second-round pick. Now, I mean, both these players didn't really work out in the NFL, but, you know, point being, they were serviceable college players who got drafted. David Cobb certainly was not highly recruited. So the Gophers, I mean, it's it's interesting because it's, it's the same with Wisconsin. Wisconsin does not get high recruits for the most part. They've been doing a little better, but typically you look at Wisconsin, it's three-stars and low four-stars, but they just fucking churn out NFL players certainly on the offensive line. Um, it's a little tough because I'm looking at 24-7 here. And uh, it's tough because I know some of these players are listed as three stars, but if you look at other websites, they might be four stars or, or whatever. You know what I mean? So uh, it, it's the, the, the 2020 recruiting class for the, the Gophers is not going to fucking blow your socks off. You know what I mean? But... Um, you know, it's, it's not too shabby nine in the big 10. I mean, that doesn't sound good when I say it like that, but 38 national, but again, the Gophers, the Gophers are really good at, at, at squeezing the most out of, of players they get, you know what I mean? But you look at 2021, the 25th nationally and sixth in the big 10. So I guess they've cooled off a little bit from the last time I've, I've checked it, but Ethan Kaliak Manis, four-star quarterback. That's, you know, that's interesting. Uh, he, he has a brother, too, who's coming here as well. I think he's a wide receiver. Uh, not as highly touted. But, uh, yeah, Dino Kaliak Manis. Uh, but, I don't know. I mean, there's a fair amount of four-stars on there. A fair amount of four-stars. I know Steven Ortiz was a really big get. Avante Dickerson was a big get. You know, he's almost in the top 100 for that recruiting class, and we stole him from, he's an Omaha, Nebraska kid, and we stole him, I think, from, it came down to us or Nebraska, and we stole him from Nebraska, so, you know what I mean? P.J. Fleck is a fucking master recruiter. There's there's no question about it. Ah, But, you know, 
it'll it'll be interesting. It really it really sucks. Not to fucking complain here, because this is just this is only sports. You know what I mean? There's real life implications. You know, old people are dying and shit like this. I think we've lost 150,000 people. So I mean, this is a sports show. So I'm gonna talk about things from a sports angle. But I understand that. You know, it's just a fucking game. I'm not more important things, but it, it really does suck that when the Gophers are about to have, you know, a, a team that could contend for a Big Ten championship, that could contend for even conceivably a national championship, or at least be in the college football playoffs in the next two or three years, it kind of sucks that the coronavirus hit during, uh, you know, this time. So, uh, unfortunate, but uh, we'll move on here. Uh, sticking in the, uh, the realm of college football, uh, UConn becomes the first FBS team to cancel the football season because of coronavirus this coming uh, early this morning by Mark Schlabach uh, of uh, ESPN. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about this. From a standpoint of UConn football, I couldn't give too, I couldn't give less of a shit about UConn football, but it's only notable because, well, I mean, are other teams going to follow suit? Now, UConn's an irrelevant football team. Uh, they are, they're garbage, but you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I would, I, I could sooner see all of college football getting canceled before I would see not a power five team, but like a power three team, if that's a thing, like I would sooner see college football canceled, canceled, uh, than I would see a, a big 10 or an sec team or a PAC 12 team, uh, you know, willingly on their own cancel their own football season. Um, I don't know. I've heard people say there's too much money involved for them to cancel it. I don't really know if that's true. Maybe it is. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it is, but it, it certainly could be true. But um, you know that that's interesting. That's. I mean, it sets a precedent. You know what I mean? Now they're whatever awkwardness comes with them being the first team to cancel it. You know, it makes it a little easier for you know team number two and team number three to go out there and cancel their football season, and kind of goes along with my thing. Where I contend college football, it might start. I don't think it'll finish. I do not think college football will finish. They could start it. I think they'll give it the old college try, literally. But I don't think it'll finish. And I I hate to think so negatively, but I guess I'm just trying to think realistically here. And I certainly hope it doesn't happen because I'm a major college football fan. But with that being said, these are guys who don't get paid and I think that's 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 really gonna hurt it. Like you're asking these people to risk whatever. You know what I mean? You know, I I it sucks that it's so politicized because I'm not trying to be political. I'm just trying to you know say whatever. But like, yeah, I mean, so Daniel Falele, he's six ten, four hundred pounds. I'm sure on a BMI chart, which I understand is not exactly the best metric to to look at. I understand that there's some faults with that, but point being, it's a a rough thing that's somewhat accurate to look at. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I'm sure he's classified as morbidly obese. I'm sure he's 400 pounds. You're, you're classified as morbidly obese. Now, he's an athlete. You know what I mean? So you got to take into account context here. But, like, you know what I mean? It, what if he gets the, the Rona? You know what I mean? What if he dies? I think if a, if a single college football player dies, they cancel the season. They canceled. Same with the NFL. I think if a single player or coach dies, uh, I think they cancel the season. I don't see how they can continue. Um, and presumably these are all healthy young athletes. You know what I mean? I don't say that in some type of way or some type of demeaning way. I, I literally mean it as clinically as possible. These are, you know, you know, 
But I don't. But I don't know. I don't know what underlying health issues some players may or may not have if they've ever been discovered or, you know, something like that. Like somebody might have an underlying health issue that was not discovered, and and you know they get the coronavirus and they're a 19 year old athlete and they die. Uh, you know what I mean? That's a possibility. I'm not trying to put a probability on it. I'm just saying that's certainly in the realm of possibility. Well, okay, if 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 that happens, like Jesus, there's gonna be lawsuits and, and, and things like this. So I just think from a liability standpoint, I don't really see. And then the co- like the coaches, I mean, like Joe West is still out there umpiring games for the MLB. I mean, that guy's like 76. I'd tell that old guy to fucking sit down. I'll pay you. But we, you know, you're not umpiring games. You could fucking die very easily. You're an old man. So, but then that's discriminatory, I guess, because you're discriminating against age. But I, I would contend that's rightful discrimination because I'm like I'm trying to look out for your own health here. I don't want you to die. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you can't be a part of baseball. You know what I mean? But I mean, like uh, you know, we're in weird times here. You know what I mean? So, age discrimination is kind of a weird type of discrimination. Uh, I mean, we discriminate against 19-year-olds from buying alcohol. So you know what I mean? It's it's a little it's a little weird. It's a, it's a touchy subject. But um, yeah, I, I I just can't see college football. I mean, listen, you can try your best to do a bubble, and it's just so complex. Like, the UFC is very, I'm not going to say very easy, because I'm sure it takes a lot of effort, but it's relatively simple for the UFC to to have a bubble and put on fights. And they've had a couple of people test positive. Gerald Mearshart just tested positive on Saturday, and Jacare Souza, the first week they came back, tested positive. But there's only been a handful, and they didn't spread, and they were continue to they continue to put on fights. But we're talking about like what typically twelve fights on a card. So we're talking about twenty four fighters, and maybe twenty four coaches. You know, you have a coach on a corner or something like that. So we're we're talking about like fifty people. But with this, we're talking about ninety players. We're talking about x amount of number of coaches. The the more people you add to an equation the the you know the more variability you're going to get the more, the tougher it is and you know what i mean these are college students who might not be making the right decisions and, and maybe they are and maybe every single player on the team makes a right decision but it only just it only takes one of those guys to make a bad decision and you know what i mean the entire team's fucked so it doesn't matter if you're a goody two shoes and you're following protocol if you have some dickhead on the team who gets you know is out there i don't know swapping blood with people or something i don't pretend to know what these people are up to but you know what i mean we could probably read in the lines it's college you could read between the lines but like you know what i mean so it's it only takes one so it's it's very tough and so if the center i mean you're sweating on people i read that a little bit in the college or the the colorado state story like you know he's mentioning yeah we're sweating on each other we're it's it's a very very much a contact sport so let's say that the center is an idiot uh and, and goes out and does something stupid and, and catches the rona he comes in well now the left guard and the right guard have the coronavirus now the quarterback whose hand is, is touching his ass has the coronavirus the running back has the coronavirus because he got it from the quarterback the nose tackle and the two interior defensive linemen have the coronavirus you know what i mean and then maybe they'll go they go back to their positional groups and you know, they spread it to all defensive linemen and all offensive linemen. So what are you going to do? Like, it's one thing if you lose 15 players randomly scattered around the team. But what if you lose 
10 offensive linemen because it just ravages your offensive it ravages your offensive line group. Like, you know what I mean? Like if it gets everybody on the offensive line, what the fuck do you do? Do is our is our new offensive line just tight ends and and linebackers? What like that's a, a real possibility because that's probably how it would happen. It would be you know, it's it's certainly possible, but it's it's less likely that oh two safeties got it and a linebacker got it and the long snapper got it and the running back got it. No, it would probably be more likely that, oh, uh, every single running back tested positive because they probably are sharing rooms or, you know, they're a positional group. So, you know, what does this mean? So I, I don't even, I, it's an unenviable position because I have no idea how they put on college football this year. Um, but man, I really hope they can. I really hope they do. Uh, I, I, I would, I would, Nothing would tickle me pinker than to see college football get played this season. That's that's my number one thing I'm I'm hoping for from a, a college level. Uh, with that, I guess we'll I guess we'll kind of roll into uh, the the NFL and and the coronavirus. I'm just kind of continuing the talker here. So uh, today, the fifth is the final day. I forget what time. I think it might be 4 p.m. Uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. Okay, so we're recording right now at 3:02 p.m. So officially, it's over. Uh, you would have you would have had to have opted out by the time you were listening to this uh, broadcast, and uh, again, that's your right to do. Even even going back to the college football thing, it's your if even if there was no pandemic, it's your right to opt out. I think you'd be criticized more and it'd be more weird, but nobody has to do anything. Nobody's forcing you to play college football. If Rashad Bateman, if this was a regular 2020 timeline with no coronavirus, and he said I opt out and I'm just training for the draft. That's a little weird. That might rub people the wrong way, but that's certainly, certainly your right to do that. You don't have to fucking do anything. You know what I mean? Except for pay taxes. So, I mean, that'd be your right. Same, same here with the NFL. I mean, it's fundamental, fundamentally a, a, a voluntary uh, endeavor. So we've we've seen some some teams, some teams more than others, looking at looking at you, the Patriots. Uh, you know, have have players opt out a little a little more than other teams. Uh, some some big names opted out. Not not uh, not a whole ton of big names opt, opted out. Um, but we got we got a couple of more today. It's only showing three. Uh, so Albert Wilson, a couple of defensive backs, or the Colts opted out. Uh, Travis Benjamin opted out. I know a big one yesterday was Alan Hearns, uh, Andrew Billings. Oh man, let's see here. Jawan James. That was a really big free agent signing for the Broncos, uh, trying to shore up that offensive line, and he opted out. Uh, EJ Gaines, CJ Mosley, that was actually a really big one. So CJ Mosley opted out. Uh, I, I want to say it was about 50 players. Obviously the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, or did they give it to him or did they not? Personally, if it's not the case, in my opinion, the rightful Super Bowl MVP, Damian Williams, uh, opted out. So that's interesting. Nate Solder, which, I mean, that's probably a good thing. He opted out for the, the Giants' sake of things. Even the Vikings, Michael Pierce you know, they tried to cop that trade for uh, PJ Hall uh, for a seventh round pick, and then he failed his physical. So, you know, we're kind of at the moment stuck with uh, who we have, which that's going to be an interesting adjustment because I even thought with the addition of Michael Pierce, the Vikings probably still were going to be a little iffy on the defensive line, certainly on the interior. But now, gosh, who's going to, I mean, Jaleel Johnson, Jalen Holmes, Shamar Steffen's still on the team. I, I I don't think he's that good, but you know I think it'll be a kind of a, a committee thing there for the Vikings on the defensive line. But that's 
that's going to suck. Eddie Goldman, that you know, that's a very good player. Patrick Chung, a very good player, opted out. Uh, Donta Hightower, that uh, another great. Marcus Cannon, I mean, pretty much half the Patriots opted out, and I don't blame them. Um, I don't know. I, I think with all these players opting out for the Patriots, I don't know. Maybe they just start, start Jared Stidham and just fucking, you know, tank for Trevor. I mean, how fucking hilarious would that be? I'm actually kind of rooting for that to happen, even though Boston sports fans are fucking literal garbage and the most racist people on the entire fucking planet. I mean, just ask Tory Hunter and P.K. Subban. Um, that would be kind of funny if uh, Belichick pulled a Belichick and just, you know, oh, everybody got everybody got COVID. We're putting them out for the year, and uh, we're just going to start. No, we're not even going to start Jared Stidham. We're going to start fucking Danny Etling, and we're just... We're just going to lose every game possible. There, There's going to be like five teams who have a bunch of players opt out and just kind of suck anyways that are just going to be like, fuck it. There's no rules against tanking in the NFL, or if they are, if there are, they're not really enforceable. And there's no lottery. There's no lottery. So if you're the worst team, you will get Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and I think I think that's a real thing. I think they'll just fucking just tank and try to get Trevor Lawrence. Um, but the be- see, the beauty... And again, it's early. We still have the college football season to be played, or maybe we don't. But like, okay, say the Patriots tank and they get the third pick in the draft. Fuck, you still might get Justin Fields. Like, you know what I mean? There's three really, really good quarterbacks. Maybe even four. I, I think Morgan probably returns for his senior year. Uh, but potentially four. Certainly three, we think, uh, you know, uh, I guess there's a consensus that we think three. Uh, but yeah, if you end up in the top four, I mean, it could you could have your your choice of uh, you know Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, who a lot of people are high on. I'm incredibly high on Trey Lance, or maybe even Tanner Morgan. You know, if he declares, and and you know maybe if we see a little more from him this year. But he had a very solid last year. He was a top three or four statistical quarterback. So, um, you know what I mean? That's that's interesting. That's interesting. So that, I mean. And those are just quarterbacks, you know what I mean? So who knows who is the next Chase Young in the draft, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't think Derek Stingley is available in next year's draft. But, you know, point being, there's those are just quarterbacks. So there's still going to be generational positional players, you know, available. Like like uh, Jamar Chase, you know what I mean? So maybe you don't need a quarter, quarterback. Maybe you just fucking suck and all your players get COVID and you tank. You know what I mean? Say that happens to, like, the Cardinals or something or... You know, whoever, a team that has a quarterback, ah, yeah, how would you like the addition of Jamar Chase? You know what I mean? A lot of people think that that, that, that might be the best wide receiver prospect to ever enter the NFL draft. So, you know what I mean? It, it, it's going to be an interesting time for the NFL. Um, you know what I mean? There's going to be teams that try to go for that COVID title and try to win the, you know, the, the Super Bowl, obviously. And, and I think there's going to be a fair amount of teams that just try to fucking suck. You know what I mean? And, and just... I don't know, just just somehow, because it's it's totally worth it to be honest. I kind of I kind of even wish the Vikings will do this, because I don't think Kirk's the long term answer. Not to rehash an old conversation here, but I don't think Kirk is the long term answer. I would love to see the Vikings suck and get a top three pick, and take uh, Trevor Lawrence or uh, Justin Fields or I would certainly certainly in a fucking heartbeat heartbeat take Trey Lance. So you know what I mean. Uh, I guess that's more. Once we get more information about the NFL, uh, you know, kind of as we get closer to the season, which is really rapidly approaching. I think, I think opening day is a month from now. I think opening day is September 5th, right? 
So we're a month away from NFL, Jesus, NFL football. Sorry, I was looking at the NHL page here on ESPN. Um, you know, but that that's really coming up. Uh, so last talker of uh, of the day here. Actually, let's see how we're doing for time here. Maybe we have time for uh, another two. You know what? We'll get we'll get to the last two talkers here. Uh, so the Minnesota Wild, uh, they played a game last night, a 9:45 start, which I greatly appreciate. I'm a I'm a night owl, so I appreciate hockey going until one in the morning. Um, one of the sloppiest games I've I've seen in a long time from the Wild. Uh, you know, they made it close. They, they they got two super late goals and and almost scored on the final shot of the game, almost scored in the final seconds of the game off the faceoff, which would have been f- fucking awesome. Um, but really just got outplayed for the most part through through most of the second period and most of the third period. It wasn't really a competitive game. Super, super, super sloppy. I'll try to pull up the stats here, but it just seems like every two minutes they were getting another penalty. You know, that's really what stood out to me. Uh, yeah, let's pull up the penalties tabs here. It was fucking ridiculous, man. It was crazy. Uh, of course, I have to try to count the penalties. Of course, they don't just tell me the penalties. Um, but either way, they had they had probably close to a dozen penalties. Uh, it, it, it was ridiculous. I appreciate how chippy the game was, to be honest. I mean, within the first minute, they were pushing and shoving, and they almost had a, a bench-clearing brawl at the end of the game. Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're, they're still trying out there. They're still trying. So that's, that's good to see. Uh, that's why I think the, the Stanley cup means just as much this year as it means any other year, because, uh, I mean, tell that to the wild or the Canucks, they, it's, they still view it as a legitimate championship and they're still going out there and trying. Uh, so apparently it was only 16 penalty minutes. So what is that? Eight penalties? Uh, cause I don't think they had any majors, but it felt like so much more than eight penalties. It was just really, really sloppy. Two goals by Kevin Fiala. I mean, this guy's on fire. I think that's his third goal of the uh, playoffs. So three goals in, in two games. Uh, that guy's legit as fuck. I, I cannot wait. Again, it, man, it just really makes me wish the Wild will lose this playoff series so we can get a chance at Lafreniere. Uh, and I don't know how this would work because I don't think Lafreniere is a center. But could you imagine a top three, or a, a top line, or I guess even say top two line, of like Kevin Fiala, Kirill Kaprizov, and Lafreniere, and then you throw in like an Erickson Eck, and maybe he grows a little bit, and you know maybe a Greenway grows a little bit, and you, you get some size in, in in your top six forwards, like the the pieces are in place, as Brett Favre would say. Um, you know what I mean? Not completely in place, but. You know, things are looking a little good for the Wild these days. Um, you know what I mean? They st- again, they still have the, the contracts of Parisian Suter just kind of, you know, sucking away the life of this team and the, the salary of this team. And, you know, the Zuccarello contract is fucking garbage. But, you know what I mean? They, they, this is still a team that has uh, some nice pieces. And, you know, uh, I don't know. They certainly could win this series. I guess we'll see uh, tomorrow. they got a 1 p.m. start, so uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, I mean, you go up 2-1 probably going to win the series if you go down one to two then uh you know alexis lafreniere welcome to minnesota because like the mailman's been saying it's a 12 percent chance for any team that loses in the playoffs in the qualifying round to get the first overall pick to get alexis lafreniere but is it really a 12 percent chance if the wild get get bounced from the playoffs i mean it's the state of hockey it's a very loyal market i don't know I don't know. I'm just saying, like I said before, 
if if the NHL were to rig the first overall pick, would it make more sense to give it to the Wild or would it make more sense to give it to fucking insert any other team? I don't even know what teams are are fucking in this qualifying series. The the Rangers or whatever, and that's a good market as well, but you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I think if they could hand pick, if they could hand pick where they would put Alexis Lafreniere, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think the Wild might be the number one team, or at least right up there. You wouldn't be mad if he, if the Wild got the first overall pick. They've never had it in their history. So who knows? Timberwolves could fucking get the first overall pick and get you know Anthony Edwards or or whatever. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I guess Minnesota sports are generally negative, but you know. The, the Timberwolves, for the longest time, never moved up in the lottery, never moved up in the lottery, and then they, the one time they did, they got Carl Anthony Towns. Ah, you know what I mean? Yeah, pretty good. The past doesn't matter. We're living in the fucking present, so, you know what I mean? If we can get Lafreniere, we are absolutely golden. I mean, still got to figure out the goaltending situation and things like this, but, you know what I mean? That's a future problem, you know what I mean? We got to worry about the, the draft problem. Um, and then kind of closing out the show here, we got a quick one here. We have a list here from Bleacher Report, the six UFC breakout stars from the first half of 2020. Uh, I think the list is garbage uh, for the most part. Uh, so I'll, I'll correct their list because I think their list is uh, is uh, not very good. So uh, they had some honorable mentions here. They have Magomed Ankalaev. Uh, why is he on the list? No idea. I don't think uh, he should be on the list. He had that fluke weird victory over... Uh, Iwan Kutalaba. Uh, I'm not saying he's not a good fighter. We certainly have him ranked, I think, at number 14 or number 13 in the North Star Sports rankings. No, he's not a breakout star of 2020. They also have Macy Barber. Uh, she is not a breakout star of 2020. Her only appearance in 2020 was a loss to uh, Roxanne Mataferi, in which she tore her ACL. Not really a breakout. Not really a breakout performance for Macy Barber. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to say a bad performance by Macy Barber, but obviously I understand that she tore her fucking knee to pieces, and that's why she had the bad performance. I think she would, I think healthy she would beat Mataferi, but I wouldn't really call tearing your ACL and getting your ass beat uh, for fucking three rounds by uh, a very unknown fighter in Roxanne Mataferi would constitute a breakout first half of 2020. I'd say that's actually uh, a breakdown, literally a breakdown. Macy Barber might be the breakdown star of the first half of 2020, so that's fucking stupid. Uh, Tanner Bowser is an honorable mention. I think that's fair. I actually think I'd put him in the top five. I mean, listen, his last two performances, uh, I could pull up the old tapology page for him real quick. I know he had the knockout, the vicious knockout of Felipe Linz. Uh, I know he just had that knockout of uh, Rafael Pessoa, which was a little weird, but still, two knockouts in, I think, like the last two months. Um, the Cyril Gone loss for Tanner Bozer was uh, in December of 2019, so Bozer's 2-0. I think I saw on his Twitter account that he just signed a a contract. Uh, I don't know if we know who he's fighting just yet, but I think he's going to make another quick turnaround, so yeah, Uh, Tanner Bozer I actually think is not an honorable mention. I think he's actually, um, you know, right up there. Uh, We have Angela Hill here as an honorable mention. Um... I don't know. That's kind of weird. I guess I think she broke into the rankings. She's in the rankings for us, which is uh, really all that matters. Um, she's two and one. 
2-1. and one. I mean, a win over Hannah Cyphers, a win over Luma Luke Boonmi, and then a loss to Claudia Gedalia. Um, I think that's fair. I think that's fair for her to be an honorable mention. She certainly doesn't belong in the top five, but okay, fair enough. I think a lot of people, especially now that she made her commentary debut, I think that a lot of people uh, now know who Angela Hill was who didn't in 2019. So fair enough. I suppose that's what you would expect from a breakout star of the first half of 2020. So all right, fair enough. Uh, they also include Chase Hooper as a breakout star uh, for 2020. Uh, I think he's 0-1. Man, I got... Okay, so he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. I got to pull up his old tapology thing. I know he had the loss to uh, Alex Caceres. So I think he's 0-1 in uh, in 2020. So wouldn't wouldn't really count that as... A, I wouldn't really count one fight and one loss. Uh, in 2020 as as a breakout star. Um, yep, yep. So he had the win over Daniel Tamer in 2019, a loss to Alex Caceres. This list is fucking garbage. Bleacher Report needs to do, but who made this list? Who made this list? Lyle Fitzsimmons. That is a really bad list. Uh, Chase Hooper got beat up by Alex Caceres, got outclassed by Alex Caceres. Breakout star of 2020. Nope, not even fucking close. Um... Same with ESPN. Their website bugs the shit out of me. I had all those tabs opened up for ESPN. They, the audacity of ESPN, they just autoplay videos on the little fucking video player. No, 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 no. If I want to watch the video, I'll click the fucking video. Thank you very much. That's We don't autoplay videos. We don't autoplay audio on NorthstarSports.media because we're a real respectable website, unlike, uh, you know, the, the ESPN website. Um, and then Edmund Shabazian. They have Edmund Shabazian as a breakout star of uh, twenty, the first half of 2020 uh, as, as one of the honorable uh, mentions. I, I don't really know. I think they, they have a weird definition of breakout star. I mean, a guy who just got knocked out by Derek Brunson wouldn't really say. Yeah, so he beat Brad Tavares in 2019, and his only fight in 2020 is a loss to Derek Brunson. What the fuck are we doing here? No, you're not the breakouts. No, you're not even... You lost. Now, fair enough. I think more people know who Edmund is now than they did in 2019 because he, he headlined a main event, but a breakout star is an interesting term. Now, here's one they have that is a legitimate breakout star, Hamza Chimaev. Yeah, that's a breakout star. He had two wins in 10 days, and he's going to fight again in August, so probably three wins in, like... A month and a half, yeah. That's a, that's Hamzat Chimaev already right now is the breakout star of the first half of 2020. Not even close, not even close. Probably going to be rookie of the year for for North Star Sports end of the year uh, awards. Yeah, I mean he what is it? He outstruck both of those two opponents something like 194 to two or something. So yeah, Hamzat Chimaev, you got that one correct, 100. Um, percent They have Munir Lazez. Uh, as uh, one of the top five. Fair enough. He had a very interesting and fun fight with Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, he had a very nice win. People didn't know who he was. He was, um, you know, the underdog and, and came out there and, and, and had a, a very nice performance. So, uh, fair enough on that one. They also have Sean O'Malley. Uh, he's 2-0 and here in the, uh, the first eight months of uh, 2020. Yeah, okay. I could buy that. I think... He already kind of was a star, but yeah, you know, now he's in the rankings. Now he's back from injury and suspension, and 
you know what I mean? Fair enough. He, he had the win over uh, Alberto Jose Alberto Quinones and the brutal knockout of Eddie Wineland. So, yeah, I think that's fair. I think he was probably the most known fighter on this list before. I mean, he sold he sold like custom like Boston Celtic look-alike jerseys with like his name on them and then like 420 and 69 and shit like that. And I think he sold them for like 250 bucks. So, ah, he's pretty fucking marketable. So, yeah, all right. I, I buy that, Sean O'Malley. Fair enough, man. Uh, Yuri Prohaska. Yeah, for sure. A guy who comes in, knocks out in a bad way. I think the number seven fighter in the light heavyweight division, Volkan Uzdemir. So, within one fight, this guy is already in the UFC, already in the top five on the doorstep. Or, excuse me, the top ten on the doorstep of the top five. Yeah, Yuri Prohaska. That's a very, uh, very appropriate one. Uh, Amanda Hibas. 4-0 in the UFC, 2-0 in 2020. Had a win over the, the very much hyped Paige Van Zant. Um who was her other who was her other win against? Um Oh, Randa Marcos. She had the win over Randa Marcos. So yeah, fair enough. I mean Marcos has been in the rankings for a while. I don't think she's I don't think she was currently in them, but kind of a mainstay in that division. You know, even though it's a relatively new division. Um so yeah, Mandy Hebus, yeah. I mean in fairness, she she at the end of the year, listen, if she fights two more times maybe and beats a top ten and then a top five opponent, I mean, shit. I mean, I don't think you could argue that Amanda Hebas uh, is she could be the number one breakout star of of twenty twenty. I mean, look at her fucking Instagram numbers and Twitter numbers go up after that uh, victory over Paige Van Zant. It's it was something ridiculous. So yeah, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to uh, agree with most of the fighters in the top five. Honorable mention is is a little weird. Uh, I think I could come up with a, a better list. Maybe we'll do that for tomorrow's show. Um, but with that, I think we're going to wrap up the show here. Um, so again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN, North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN, and our website, NorthStarSports.media. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody.